invented algebra. <laughs> the number zero, actually, the Arabs. Well, Arabs also need to one-up each other. One, one, I have a better one. Zero. I just invented zero. <laughs> Take that. Exactly. It came before the one. <laughs> before you even thought of the one, I had the zero. Hello and welcome to Cleopatra. I'm Christy Vanna. And I'm Lynn Molly, and this is a podcast about two Middle Eastern comedy queens, self-proclaimed, on an <laughs> expedition to dig up the funny from the first-generation experience. We are so excited to introduce our guest today, Ms. Reem Eden. <laughs> How are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. Just survived LA traffic, and I am here. That's so brave of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to have you here because I actually don't know a lot about you. And I, I want to actually get my own friend intel about sort of your... Did you just say you're trying to get intel on me? Is I said that... friend intel. <laughs> friend intel. Okay. You've been indoctrinated. Saying intel is ominous regardless. I thought that if I said friend first, it would... Friend tell. This is already a bad first date. <laughs> Thank you so much for swiping right. I need some more intel. Um, I'm just going to quickly go to the bathroom. <laughs> never come The back. door's locked. <laughs> Podcast over. Hello and welcome to Cleopatra. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, as you know, this is a, a podcast where we like to talk about people's first generation experiences and their journeys in comedy and life. What do we need to know about you uh, to understand Reem? What a broad question and delicious question. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Intel time. What do you need to know about me? Um, well, I'm a stand-up comedian, content creator, writer, actor, 1099er, gig worker. What up? Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, Iraqi-American, so my parents uh, immigrated here from Iraq in, like, the late 1980s. And they actually moved here with no intention of moving here. Like, my dad was a student, and they were just planning on, like, having the kids, getting a degree, going back. And then they got stuck here because of the Iraq War. Mm. And uh, I've been here ever since. So, yeah. Um, a lot of people have been, we've been rewinding back, back. How did your parents meet? What's their kind of backstory? Oh, okay. So, kind of scandalous. No, not really. But <laughs> so, my dad is like one of like 10. And my mom uh, was friends with his younger sister. So, he started studying in the United States and would come back. And then on one of his trips back, he was picking up his sister from school. And then they gave my mom a ride. And then oh. they went to go get ice cream. I told you scandal. <laughs> and uh, and then it was kind of like the whole like looking in like the back mirror thing. And then my mom says she had no idea that he was going to come ask for her hand in marriage, which by the way, that's all it took. He was just like, I made eye contact and it felt good. And then they're like, do you want to get married? Or like, wow. we've been very intimate. What was this ice cream place? <laughs> exactly. So that's how they met. Yeah. Wow. And then he had to go back uh, for his scholarship. And I think he only had like a month left and so he was like do you want to do this we'd have to get married real quick and then go like pick up leave go back to, go to the united states and then she was like yeah okay and so she, they, they did it so fast like they had a very quick wedding which is funny because like my mom is like this super fashionista like very elegant woman and so like in my mind like you would think that she'd have this like amazing wedding which she probably would have if she had time to like put one together. So it was like, it was a quick wedding and a nice cute little ceremony in the backyard. But uh, 
yeah, this is very, very quick. I feel like it's time to give her that wedding. You know what? I I suggested that they renew their vows, and my mom was on board, and my dad was like, renew He got so mad at us. He's like, it's American bullshit. They aren't old to begin with. I was like, we'll have a party. I'll make a video on TikTok. And he's like, no. He got He got upset. Our love is not your content. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think he was more upset about wasting money. I think that's really what it was. He was like, ugh, should pay full price? No, no. I guess renewing vows is kind of a capitalistic endeavor now that I think about it. I mean, I didn't realize that. It's not like a driver's license, but I guess it is. <laughs> I don't know. You should have to take like your, you know, how you have to take continuing education if you're a doctor or a lawyer. Should make you do that if you're Did married. Did you do that as a doctor mm-hmm. and a lawyer? Oh. Yeah, you have to keep taking your boards, and oh. then you have something called MCLEs, uh, continuing education credits, for oh. to be a lawyer to continue. That's cool. You think they should do that with marriages? Yes, era <laughs> weddings. Yes, exactly. You didn't love him back then, but do you love him now? Yes, it's. I mean, that's a good reality show pitch right there. there is, I yeah, mean, yeah. everyone has to go to therapy or some sort of game show to reestablish their compatibility. Although I feel like with most Arab parents, that wouldn't be a thing. Like, I don't know. My parents actually love each other and like are lovey-dovey, but I don't know. Are your parents into each other still? My parents aren't super lovey-dovey in front of us, but they, they're a really good team. Oh, they're good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They're like a real partners. Oh, that's good. I don't want to say crime in relation to Arabs on a podcast. Intel, crime, what's next? <laughs> I know. Should we start over? <laughs> no, but that's true. A lot of people have, like, you know, arranged marriages from our parents' generation. And so it, it does make sense that people weren't, like, 100% on the compet. Nobody was trying to guess what their astrological sign was or <laughs> yeah, yeah. doing these, like, insane compatibility tests. My parents had the same thing as you where they, um, my dad was going to school and there was two weeks after they met. No and got way. Married. Yeah. And it makes me think that maybe it's kind of a better option than what we're doing in yeah. America because we're overthinking it maybe. We really are. Like, I think personality, we don't need it. I think we just <laughs> should really go like, hey, where are you going to school? Okay, that works for me. I think that really <laughs> just is a, is a better solution. I well, mean, Arabs are very good at logistics, so that's probably why they? everything... Because they can't seem to get to my house on time. So <laughs> what logistics that's are you talking yeah, about? That's true. She means math. I meant like building the pyramids. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. I meant algebra. <laughs> I was like, you mean like logistics of like how to transport goods from another country <laughs> without having to claim it on your immigration? <laughs> Right, great no. at logistics. Yeah, we all have different definitions of logistics. <laughs> I'm like, uh, math and paper ring a bell. <laughs> algebra. We invented algebra. The number zero actually is Arabs. I feel like that. That's an Arab thing, right? Yeah, they remind me of that often, all the time. I don't understand why I'm so bad at math. Given that's funny, yeah. it's in your bloodline. I know. Yeah. Well, Arabs also need to one up each other, so they're like one, one. I have a better one. Zero. I just invented zero. Take that. Exactly. It came before the one. Before you even thought of the one, I had the zero. Notice my nuanced accents. My parents' accent is different than my Arab accent. Thank you so much. Thank you. Because people on social media are like, "Why is your Arab accent so bad?" And you sound Indian. Because I'm trying to do my parents' accent, which people don't appreciate. Lighter. Yeah. Yes. It's true. I tend to overdo it and over exaggerate. The yeah. accent you do sounds nothing like my parents, but also your parents are Egyptian, mine are Syrian, and then I feel like yours even sounds different. Mine sound different. My The accent I do of them doesn't even sound like them. It sounds somewhere in between, which is ironic because I'm really good at accents, but for, I just can't do the their Arab accent. I can do like an, an Egyptian accent or like 
like a love and but I can't do whatever my parents sound like. Maybe Lynn, weird. I don't think I've ever heard you try to do. Oh, I don't do accents. Okay. I'm not an actor. I can <laughs> barely speak uh, publicly, <laughs> but I can write really pretty words. So. Can you? Would you write in Arabic? Oh, no. I mean, I can, I'm can. i just oh, a writer. Oh, okay. I wish I there, could write in Arabic. Is, I can't yeah. speak in Arabic. You can or can't? Can't. But you know a couple words. I, yeah, I know every food. Nice. There it is. <laughs> that's all you need. You know. <laughs> Those are, that's the only thing we need to that's know. That's the only right? thing yeah. my parents want to hear from me that's also. Um, but then what did your dad study? So he has two masters and a PhD. Of course so he does. He, yeah, right. Um, he studied economics, statistics, and uh, like IT stuff. Wow. So what does he do now? He works uh, for the government, but not like a not like <laughs> not a, in an <laughs> intel <not> way. agency. <laughs> no, I don't want to share my dad's personal details. But he works at like a very low key, chill government thing. Arab parents love government jobs. Yes, they do. That's true. Yeah, stability. What's Ooh, up? Right. Yes. Did you guys ever take Arabic in like the basic like Alif Ba? Yeah, I speak Arabic. But like in like Arabic for English speakers, like oh. the textbook that the people would always get is, is called Alif Ba. No. And it followed the first two years, like follow Maha and Khalid. And <laughs> Maha's dad works for Al Umm Al Mutahida, the United Nations. And it's like, now that's a stable job that yes. an Arab would like. And guess what he was? Baba Mutargam. He was a translator. There it is. <laughs> is this the point where I tell you that my mom worked for the United Nations for 35 Yo. years? Get out. <laughs> yeah, she's straight out of the textbook. Was she a translator? No. Okay. She worked in um, finances, budgeting. Okay, that's wild. But my uncle was a translator in Switzerland. Oh, yeah. Is this good enough intel for you? It's good. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> do absolutely nothing with with any of this except clip it out and put it on the internet um, for trolls to hate. <laughs> <laughs> They're hungry. We need to feed them. Feed the trolls. Uh, so, okay, where did you guys settle? Was it always California? No, I'm from Fort Collins, Colorado. Wow. That's where I was born and raised. We don't have an accent down there, but that's how I say it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I imagine. That's the energy. Yeah. We have like, we're like the, uh, we don't have an accent. That's kind of the Colorado thing is you're very neutral. Except Colorado. Colorado. Right? Because we Colorado. also Colorado. Yeah. You say Colorado? I think so. Yeah. Colorado. Oh, Colorado. You know what I noticed I went, eh, is when I moved to the Middle East in fourth, fifth grade, and then they were like, apple. Ah. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I don't sound like that. Do I sound like that? <laughs> Colorado. <laughs> um, oh, no. I know. Uh, I'm from Colorado. Yeah, I was born and raised when I was living there. So the, the university my dad was a student at was in Fort Collins. So all kids were... Born there, and then I lived most of my life in Fort Collins, Colorado. Wow. Were there other Arabs there? Not really. I mean, there was a few. There, there was this really small community, but it was a lot of very um, religious, like, student transplants from certain countries. And it was, like, kind of hard for me to connect with the community because, in my mind, like, the community was, like, very, not antagonistic, but, like, have you ever been around people who are, like, so close-minded and so religious that it makes you kind of, like, steer away from the religion? Um so, but like there weren't, th there was like a couple of Iraqi families, um, but there weren't like a lot of people for me to like feel like I had an actual community of people I hung out with. Like in LA, we have a community of like Arab comedians and, and people in the entertainment industry and outside of the industry. And I'm like, oh wow, I had shell shock or sorry, I, I had reverse culture shock 
when I moved to LA because I was like, oh my God, there's other minorities here. Mm -hmm. Where so much of my identity is from being like the token Arab brown, like Muslim kid in growing up in like a very white city in a very white state. Did people know that you were different? Um, yeah, because I was a when I was a kid, like we'd have like bring your parents to present, and my mom would come in her like jalabia, and she'd like teach us about like Iraq, and like we eat baklava. Baklava is similar to baklava. Um, <laughs> so I would talk about it. I was proud about of it, but I don't think people really knew what Arab was, which I think was a good thing. I mean, people kind of knew, but nobody really cared until nine eleven. Um, but I ironically moved to the Middle East a week before nine eleven, so wow. I missed that whole craziness i instead <laughs> got reverse racism in the middle east being an american in the middle east that shit was mm. wild it's like we fit in nowhere yeah 100 yeah. i was like i'm too american to be arab and i'm too arab to be american i'm literally just in no man's land yeah. and then where were you in the middle east i was in bahrain it's a small island it's like an hour away from saudi arabia heard close of it to Dubai. yeah yeah <laughs> a lot of people haven't um that's true it's super it's actually very small um but yeah we moved there because my dad got a job there um, but it was a very tumultuous time because as Americans abroad, I'm sure you've seen with like a bunch of different political issues happening worldwide. The government will issue statements like, hey, Americans, like you might have to come back to the United States or evacuate, et cetera, et cetera. So that happened while we were there. Like we moved mm -hmm. and then we couldn't really unpack because the U.S. government was like, we might like mandate all Americans to come back wow. to the United States. Like it's a whole thing. I don't know if mandate's the right word, but, like... Yeah, it was they issued, like, an advisory that... Yeah. Th that but Bahrain's been historically pretty, pretty safe. open-minded, yeah. liberal, safe, yeah. Um, I think it was just towards the entire region. So it was... We were kind of living out of our suitcases for a few weeks, just trying to, like, figure out if we were staying or not. Um, but we stayed for four years. And then mm. when I came back, people cared that you were Arab. Actually, I don't know if they really did, because I pretended I was Mexican for, like, a few months until I realized that that was a bad idea, and then I... I just literally one day went back to school and dropped the Chicana accent I had been using. I told you I was good at accents. And so um, I also like accidentally uh, got into a fight with some Latino gangsters at my school. And so at that moment, I was like, I'm actually Arab. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> oh, wow. Just stepped out of it. Yeah. Look, I'm an Arab with an identity crisis. Yeah. I promise. I yeah. mean, no harm. We learned about the Middle East in seventh grade and the teacher gave us a bunch of really wild mnemonics for remembering different countries and her mnemonic for Bahrain was like what imagine a, an old man steps out of his house and it's raining and he goes Bahrain huh. and huh. then for Yemen and Oman she was like imagine a man gets on I don't know why I was always a man but a man <laughs> gets on a roller coaster and he's like yeah man and then he goes Oh, man. And I was like, this is really reductive. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. that the Brits did off. it better. The Brits did it better. They were like, Austria got hungry, so they gave it a bit of turkey. Ooh, yeah. I've never heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is the accent episode, apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so you uh, when did you came back to ba uh, from Bahrain when? What year? 2005. It's a wild story, actually. So every year um, in my dad's contract, we would come back for the summer, right? Because he was, he was uh, teaching at a university. During the summer, they're not in class. And so like they would fly us back to the United States. We'd spend the summers um, living in America. And also the Middle East is like ungodly hot in the summer. So I've never even spent an actual summer and I've lived there. So every year we'd come back for summer. And then like one year we came back 
And then at the end of summer, my parents were like, hey, so we've thought about it and we want to move back to America. You're already here. So you live here now. School starts Monday. And that was it. They just like moved us without telling us. Wow. Oh my gosh. So it was crazy. So my dad had to like go back and like try to like shut down the house and like, you know, leave his job and stuff. But, um, and then we had to like buy new furniture. We had to like, we had, uh, we had rented out our house. So we had to kick the tenants out of the house and just like restart a life. So like randomly. And then like a month or two into my dad going back, he was like, Hey, so I don't think I can get out of this contract. I think we made a hasty decision. You guys should actually come back to the middle East. So then we had to like sell all of the furniture and no. everything we bought Gosh. and just go back. And this was when I had the Latina identity. So like when that, <laughs> when we like went back, I was like, okay, oh, I can just like leave this in the past. Um, and so we went back to the middle East, had to buy a new house, buy new furniture, buy everything. And then we finished out the school year. Then the next summer comes along and we were going back to America and we're like, Hey, you're not going to like pull the same shit twice. Right. Like, this is just vacation. They're like, absolutely. This is just vacation. And then they did it again. They did it again. <laughs> They're like, you, you, you live here now. And I was like, I, do you know what kind of accomplice the complex this gives a kid? Yeah. Like, yeah, this is probably the reason that I don't have like a close group of friends. Like I have a lot of friends and a lot of acquaintances, but I don't have, besides like my sister, like I don't really have like people I see all the time. And I'm sure it's because of this, because I'm like, this isn't real. This yeah. is going to end. You actually live in this podcast studio yeah, now. Yeah, this is home now. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for... <laughs> that might be why you're so comfortable traveling, though, because you travel yeah. a lot as a comic. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I do thrive when I travel. It's and a I, blessing I in disguise out. a little bit, but certainly destabilizing as a child to not know. Yeah. Yeah. I do think... So when I first moved back, I was kind of like... I did the whole Latina thing. I was kind of weird. I didn't have a lot of friends. When I came back <laughs> the second time around... I was like, what am I doing? Like, not the Latina thing, but just like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> like I knew what I was doing. Yeah. And I just like decided, I was like, why do I have to be um, uncool? Like, why can't, you know what? Like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be the funny girl. And I like made a decision. I was like, I'm just going to like introduce myself to people. I'm going to be funny. I'm going to da, 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 da. And then I like selected this personality <laughs> and then did it. And then I got really popular in high school. So it was like, it was a blessing in disguise because like I wasn't, I was super nerdy. Like I'm actually like very academic or I grew up like super like into reading and like AP everything and like, um, and so, yeah, but when I came back, I was like, I'm just, I'm going to be cool. And then I just decided to be cool wow. and it worked out. And then I was like, I got voted in my yearbook. I got voted, um, most likely to win a world record in something <laughs> other than sports. And then you had to fill it in what that would be. And it was in telling vulgar jokes. <laughs> and I really feel like that was indicative of what I was about to do with the rest of my life. I mean, <laughs> something immediately on your bucket list what kind of mm -hmm. world record like most f words said in one minute I, wasn't, or something? I didn't curse that much but i would say like racy jokes i mean it's kind of like my stand-up it's just it's edgy but it's not like over the top oh my goodness were you voted i was voted most dramatic because i was president of the drama club not because i was particularly dramatic that's funny what about my high school had a weird thing where we had to like write our own and so mine was That's so nice. Most likely to perform the like rim shot for her own punchline because <laughs> I played the drums and I was oh. uh, a little jokester. Um, but in hindsight, I'm like, that's felt stupid. I would have like written like most beautiful in school, <laughs> like most skinny girl. <laughs> most Why likely to make everybody jealous <laughs> of me. Cutest Latina. <laughs> I love that you just fully leaned into that person, but I mean, it's fitting. It's kind of like the, the fact that you later on now you like assume identities in like sketches and in jokes and yeah, it made it, it made it an easy crossover. Yeah. And I do like different characters in my, 
my like content, like my TikToks and stuff. So it all makes sense. Do I condone pretending you're another race? No, I do not. But it was it was a moment. Did I invent like, it? Yes. Like, I felt like I had to do it to protect myself. Yeah, that's fair. That's what I told myself. And that's what we'll tell the world. We accept you here. Thank you so much. And that journey. When did you get from Colorado to California? What was that story? So I went to, so my whole goal in life, I told you I was like very academic. So I was like, I'm going to an Ivy League school. And um, Harvard was my dream school. I got in, but I didn't get off the wait list. So, and then I got a scholarship to the University of Denver. I went there instead. And then I graduated a little early. And the entire time I was like, okay, if I can't go to my dream school, then I'm going to work my ass off and make sure that when I graduate, I have a job in entertainment in LA or New York. So I like interned my ass off. I interned at um, Disney in New York City. I interned at Disney in LA. Like, and I had made the decision that I was a New Yorker and I was going to move to New York. And um, then my fucking sister, she had already <laughs> lived here for a couple of years, my older sister. And she's like, just like, come party with me and come crash on my couch and then like move to New York later. And I was like, okay, like I'll come move to the West Coast and apply for jobs on the East Coast. And so I moved to LA once she tricked me into coming here in 2013. And um, I haven't left since. It's impossible to leave this city I can't every I've tried so hard over the years I'd be like I'm gonna do it I, I came close with jobs but it was like for some reason the universe kept me in LA which is I think I'm grateful for it suits you I like you're LA. doing great you thank look you. good thank it you. only took you two hours to get here I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> with traffic no I've I've reasoned I will move to New York once I book like SNL or something like yeah. that notice the language I used around that once I do it um once someone pays me to fucking move there I'll move because otherwise it's expensive. A friend of mine, he um, was in a relationship with a millionaire and he said he was living in a million dollar condo in New York City and it was still always uncomfortable. No way. Yeah. Because it was wow. small? J just because the life of New York is oh. just never fully <laughs> comfortable. Yeah. It's like, how many square feet? Uh, okay, it was <laughs> but I just it wasn't the as energy. Big as a million dollar house, say, anywhere else. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a million dollars gets you this podcast studio <laughs> <Yeah>. size of an <laughs> apartment um, condo because you own it. So what have you been doing in Los Angeles? It's a very broad question. Sorry, I'm just trying to <laughs> do open-ended questions. Like with work or with life? Yes or, yes or no leading questions. You enjoy your time here in Los Angeles, yes or no? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's actually a great point. You are a lawyer. Um, <laughs> what, do I, what do I do here? Well, I live on the west side. I moved there last year. I love life on the West side. I highly, actually, I don't recommend it because I don't want people fucking it up. Don't come <laughs> here. It's wonderful. It's cleaner, minimal crackheads. Love it. Um, what do I do? I feel like I travel. I feel like that's what I do. Mm -hmm. I, I'm always on the road either for standup or for content creation. And Where was the last place you traveled? Arkansas. Heard of it. Not to brag. Um, <laughs> I was in Arkansas like four days ago. How did they feel about Arabs and comedy? You know, there? I don't think they loved it. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I kind of They am. loved it. They, you know, it was one of those moments where uh, it's a very, it's a very tough and tense political environment right now. And I. Why? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. And I um, was like unsure because I was like, wow, my entire set is identity stuff. I don't know how it feels. Right. For them to be like, oh my God, it's one of them. Um, while I was talking about that stuff. So like the set went, I, it was fine, but, but yeah, so Arkansas. So my travels aren't always glamorous. Like, yeah, I go to Dubai. Like that's the last country I traveled for, for standup. Um, 
I performed in nine countries. Wow. Ooh. And a bunch of other states. That's I don't think fine. I've performed in nine states. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, me neither. <laughs> you see, no, you have. Think New York, California. Washington. Washington. Port, or Oregon. Oregon. Um, I'm counting Washington as Washington, D.C., but I think you're counting it as. I'm counting it as Washington State. Okay. There it is. Um, we're both still at four. Yeah, I think that's. New York and... Uh, D.C., DC, Virginia? No. Oh. Ooh, uh, Massachusetts? No. Maine? Oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm upping you. I just took the time to count it. It sounds cooler when you have a number. But most of us have performed <laughs> in several states. I performed in over five states. That <laughs> um, that's really cool. So, okay, so when you're not running around creating content, like, what's, what's something that you do, like, to... <sighs> you know what's so funny? Because... I'll do auditions sometimes, mm -hmm. and then they're like, talk to us, and like, tell us what you like to do. Note, please don't tell us that you enjoy acting or doing your art. Like, what, else you, what do you do outside of that? And I was like, well, bitch, this is all I do. Right. I feel like yeah. you, this industry is so unique in that like, you're expected to like, marry your work. So it's like, if I'm not writing comedy, which actually I'm never writing comedy, um, but if I'm not <laughs> <laughs> at a show, then I'm filming content, or I'm like watching TV as research, or like watching comedy or it's all, it's all comedy. That's all I fucking do with my life. Um, and I don't know if I do anything else. Do you guys do anything else? I just went to see um, a, a collection of short plays. It was like seven, oh. seven minute plays. And the plays, a lot of them were written by actors and pretty much every single play is about acting was somehow about acting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's all we know, but then everyone, right. no one wants to hear about that. But we live in L.A., so I was like, yeah. this is relatable to me. That is true. I enjoy eating out. I do it. All, I'm a foodie. and That's a perfectly good answer. I think you. that's totally fine. I can't cook. It's not that I can't. I refuse to. I think it's annoying. It's a waste of time. I would rather reheat a meal from Trader Joe's or eat out, which is what I tend to do. Does this break your mom's heart? Uh, we broke her heart a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> we broke her heart at age what 10. Heart? I told my mom when I was 10 years old that I was never going to have kids. And she was like, what did I do for you? Do not want children. I was like, do you want it like in writing? <laughs> or, Are any siblings having kids? No. Uh -oh. No siblings are married. Uh oh. We're 35, 32, and 30. None of us are married or have children. Or my brother just bought a house, my younger brother. So he that's one marker for him. I just hit 100,000 followers on Instagram. I feel like that's my marker. That's my <laughs> yeah, baby. I mean, Mom. And yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Was that the moment my parents started believing in my comedy career? Maybe. Maybe that was it. Well, once their friends started following me and being like, we love Reem. Then my parents were like, oh, my God, we've been proud the whole time. Wow. <laughs> it was my idea. Yeah, actually. actually, yeah. Once my dad got TikTok famous, then he's like, yeah, I'm pr I like this career choice. It was wonderful, yeah. <laughs> I do want to talk about your dad being on your TikTok and how that started. Oh I love God. it so much. Oh, it's really, you. really fun. I thank love you. watching them. I was talking to him on the way here. Um, he is so funny. He hates that fact that, like, I'm partially a comedian because of him because he's so funny. and like, um, But he's also very studious and academic and all these things, so he's layered. Um, but I started making TikToks. So... I started my TikTok in the pandemic because all my stand-up shows canceled. I did a lot of college touring. All the shows went away and um, friends had encouraged me to do TikTok and I was like, no, I don't, I, no, this is dumb. And then 
uh, one friend in particular was like, just do it. And so I finally just like kind of started. And then I moved back to Colorado just for a year. Um, during the pandemic, we just put our stuff in storage and came out. And that's when I started filming things. And my dad was there. So like, I'd like slowly start mm. like putting him in stories and stuff. And then I can't remember the first time I put him in a video, but I started even putting him in like branded content videos. Like, <laughs> that's so funny. And he's like, oh, you have to pay me as an actor. Yeah, I, like, I, I will. <laughs> he's striking in your apartment. Yeah. <laughs> I literally was like, fine here. He's like, no, I was kidding. I just wanted to see if you would do it. Was, that's hilarious. He's so funny. Um, yeah, he, he gets recognized more in public than I do. Like wow. by far. Is your mom ever in the videos? I feel like Sometimes, I see dad. Yeah. Um, she's in a handful of them. But I film less with her because like she's she's kinda like my sister who's never in my videos because they're like, I wasn't wearing the right makeup. Ugh, I can't and I'm like, I can't I can't throw away content for you because you don't feel like you look pretty. Like so And I bet they're both And they're both unbelievably pretty. They're very, gorgeous. Yeah, they're really, really pretty. <laughs> yeah. So they don't like to be shown in lights that they don't enjoy but my dad doesn't give a fuck so <laughs> him and i are just like mm-hmm. well it is time for our question and answer portion of the podcast so the first question is that cleopatra saw herself as a living goddess as we all should so we want to know about a time that you felt supernatural or a skill that you feel that you have that is supernatural and just above and beyond okay or a useless weird talent so this is weird i had this weird thing that happens where if i think about you and it could be a friend or someone from my past. If I actually think about them, they could pop up. I swear to God, they will call me or text me. And it's something I have started like testing out and showing to my sister. I don't know if it's because like I'm and like manifesting something by thinking about it or I'm somehow tuning into the energy of someone. I don't know what's happening. But if I think about somebody for a long enough time and I can't be like, like here, I'm going to make it happen. Because when I really try to force it, it won't happen. But when it happens and I'm like, huh, I wonder if they're going to call me. They call me. It's psychotic. Yes. Wow. You're it, like a white woman witch now. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think it's the courts. I think it really, <laughs> it just heightened my, intel- yeah. Um, but that's a weird that's thing nuts. that I have. So, okay, so something I'm learning about you today, which I, I really admire, is that you sort of see something you want or you want to be and you just like execute it. Thank you. And you're I like, try. I'm going to be this. I've decided I'm going to be cool in school. And then I was cool in school. And yeah. I did it. I'm going to be mean, on SNL. Thank you for saying that. So I've actually, it, it's been good and bad. It's good because like I discovered like the secret and like manifestation, all that stuff at, in college. And so it's really helped me like broaden my mind to be like, okay, like anything is achievable. I just have to believe I can achieve it. Um, and I've had some weird moments too, where it's like, oh, I'm going to think of this. And then that specific thing happens and it's random. Right. So. Um, but at the same time, sometimes I think I get so hyper-focused on like, I want to be on JFL and I want to be like my TV spot and I want this and I want that. And so it's almost like, do I set these goals and do I take away from like the magic of it happening? It's hard to explain. It's like some goals I set my mind to and I achieve, but some I'm so hyper-focused on achieving that, um, it's almost like I'm too focused and so it won't happen. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I got that. Right. As opposed to like having general goals and trying to like work my way towards them and enjoy the journey. I'm like, fuck man, I haven't booked the thing I said I was going to book and it's on my fucking like, it's on my manifestation board. Doesn't mean I'm never going to do it. (laughs) And then I like spiral. Right. I think that's the hardest thing is like, they always say like, you think about the what and the universe will take care of like the how or the when sometimes. And when you're too wedded to a timeline, it can get really it can get really frustrating and then you're like, oh, just kidding. I don't have any powers. Everything's stupid. That's and what then happens, <laughs> yeah. 
I read a long time ago in a short story collection by Amy Bender, who you should all read. She said that she learned um, early on the problem with wishing specific. Um, and I think oh. there's a, an importance to wishing kind of broadly. Yeah, that's so, a good point. I like that. Well, when I have like meetings in Hollywood and they ask me like, what's the dream? What's the goal? For me, like, I just want to be funny for money. That's it. Like, I like, yes, I want to be on SNL. Yes, I want to have a TV show. Yes, I want to do stand up. I want to sell out theaters internationally. Like, I have all these goals, but it's like, as long as I just get to like monetize my personality, dude, I'm chilled. Like, that's broad. Yeah, that's great, I think. We could all uh, read The Secret and do some mantras after this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have an uncle who is psychic in. Syria and um, when he was younger people would ask him questions that would be on the test and he would know no way but his whole thing is that he won't do it for money oh interesting but he is and he will always predict things like when we're getting jobs um, and he'll always be right but within like a month and he told me I will be working again in January so oh. fingers crossed I'll follow up with you amazing to see if that comes true. on Instagram or like he's not he's so secret but oh. truly I've learned a lot about psychics recently or met people with these abilities and I believe it's real. Have I you ever you been to a psychic? A, no, but I've met people who have psychic abilities. Like you do. Kind, I have the lightest version. The problem is that whole realm, I'm afraid of it. Like I don't want to accidentally open myself up to something and then be like, uh-oh, no, I see dead people. Like, <laughs> what, what's an example of like a friend being psychic then? I just met this girl. Um, she's not a friend, but I sat with her at a baby <laughs> shower. And she was like, da-da-da, I'm psychic. And I was like, oh. And then I was like, well, what kind of psychic? And she was, like, very hesitant to say it. But she's like, ever since I was, like, a kid, like, I will sometimes, like, see, like, if there are dead spirits or something. And But it was fascinating because she doesn't want it. She's, like, really mm. – she's not like, I see dead people. And she's like, this one time I was at an airport and this, like, woman said uh, – this man came to me and he was like, tell her not to forget – um, like I feel like the turtle or something. Like, Tell her not to forget like the turtle. And then he, she was like, I don't want to say anything. And then she went up to the woman and was like, hey, he says not to forget the whatever. And she's like, the woman started getting angry at me. She's like, how do you know about that? And started like having a breakdown. She's like, I don't want this skill. Like it's, oh you know. But she's like, oh, you know, as I get older, I'm starting to like learn how to control it more and stuff. That's what I don't want is like something that you can't control happening to you. How creepy would it be if she's like, God, isn't this such a crowded baby shower? And yeah. there's like two people there. <laughs> that's, <funny. laughs> Ooh, that's scary. <laughs> no, that stuff really does. I do believe in that stuff uh, that people have weird yeah. gifts well, like that. I don't think it even has to be like occult or anything. I, I believe that like everything is energy. And it's just like there's different wavelengths of energy that you can tap into. That's really what it is. Like, do you have a better tool to recept energy? It's not necessarily like crazy shit or like, you know. Right, you're not necessarily making a sacrifice to the underworld or whatever. But Yeah, exactly, exactly. But anything from, from my very Christian upbringing, anything that remotely taps into that is like, that's the devil, yeah, that's you know. Rock. Somebody was explaining this to me. And they were like, well, okay, so you might be able to entune certain things. And your brain is kind of like a radio. So, you know, you're intercepting certain frequencies, right? So you might be acting based on the idea that whatever you're, you know, intercepting is real. And maybe it has been. But then you have, you run the risk of like, let's say the devil or whatever, negative spirits, energy, et cetera, um, telling you something and you have no way to verify if it's real or not. And then you act on certain information 
And then it is quote unquote the devil. Do you know what I mean? So it's, mm. I don't fuck with it. I stay right here with my, ooh, who's going to text me? It's that. <laughs> safe psychic. That's yes. very safe. I love that. I like that you protect yourself. That, yeah, I, I get like low key goosebumps whenever I hear something like that. I went on like a church trip to New Orleans once post Katrina and they gave us like a big speech where they were like last year when we went there was somebody who was like knowing things they shouldn't and asking people questions and they were like so just beware be on your be on your spiritual guard anyone could just pop out of nowhere and like know your it was a really weird situation we have another question for you Cleopatra. I knew you were because I was thinking about you. <laughs> Cleopatra was the queen of luxury. What is one luxury item you will, or a bougie thing that you don't skimp on? Perfume. I Ooh. am a perfume. I mean, God, that's such an Arab answer. Yeah. Ay, cologne. <laughs> um, I don't like cheap body sprays or anything like that. So Victor and Rolf, flower bomb all day. But I recently got into Baccarat Rouge. And oh, no. Oh, I think actually... I oh was with you and Lori at the comedy store, and one of you smelled so good. Oh, okay, that was Louis Vuitton. Okay, I've been upping. <laughs> like you thought, you thought Macy's was expensive. I had been going. I had to go to the Louis Vuitton store to get this. Wow. It's called Atrebreves. It is delicious. <laughs> it's my favorite perfume. I used to be such a fragrance person like ten years ago, and then I just kind of stopped. But I was told by a lot of like workplaces and such that people are very sensitive to it, so to stop wearing it. People are little bitches, is that what they said? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Attention, we have some bitches at the office, and it's it's really they're sensitive. So, <laughs> you ever had? But have you ever been in an elevator with somebody where you can taste their cologne, and you're just like, this is uh, the worst. If it's too much. That's actually something that we should talk about on this first generation podcast. <laughs> Men, stop. So what's your secret to the right amount? Do you do the spray and walk through? Oh, no. You do one here, one here, and then one here, one here. Oh, I didn't know about here. Yeah. So what you try to do, I learned all about perfumes from my mother. You try to get it right here and right here because um, it's like pulse. I'm gonna, This is the wrong thing. But how it was explained to me was like it's kind of like pulsation uh, where your pulse is like the highest. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why it gives off like the scent the best right here, right here, and Ooh. right here. You're trying to get it on the veins. And when you spray it, you do not uh, rub your hands together because it breaks down the chemical compounds in the perfume. Yep. I feel like you could teach a class on how to be a woman. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Also, though, you just assumed my gender. And I did. You were right. But, <laughs> but don't let it happen again. <laughs> okay. Cleopatra and Mark Antony would wander the streets of Alexandria in disguise and play pranks on innocent townspeople, which we have discussed in depth, <laughs> was very cruel and odd. Um, tell us about your best prank played by you or on you. I just like the idea. Did they have the word prank back then? Like, or is that, what did they call it? I mean, it would probably be, I don't know what language they were speaking at home, if they were speaking Egyptian or but There Greek. was like a hieroglyphic for prank. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so the best prank I've ever done was it's actually one of my most viral videos so it's called fart spray prank <laughs> <laughs> so i don't i don't know if you've seen on tiktok they have like this fart spray and it smells like fucking death it's the worst Ooh. you think it's like okay it'll probably be stinky no it's worse it's like so much worse <laughs> and so uh, my sister ordered it she's like we should prank with the parents and i was like okay amazing so we were living um in colorado for covid we were going to come back to la and this is the day before we left so I get the fart spray and um, I set up the hidden camera and I just start like coughing so that like when I spray mm -hmm. 
they won't know what's happening. We're at like the breakfast table, all enjoying breakfast. And so <laughs> I'm like sitting there and I'm like, <coughs> but you know, when you get a new perfume bottle and like the first few sprays, nothing comes out. So mm-hmm. you have to continuously spray until enough juice gets yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. So I'm spraying and I'm coughing and I'm like, it's not working. Which I later see in the video, I've sprayed like eight times. <laughs> You're supposed to spray once. No. So I'm like, <laughs> 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 and, and all of a sudden, like the stank rises up, and like, um, basically, I'll let you guys watch the video. It's gone viral on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, Instagram, but um, my dad starts trying to figure out what the smell is, and he's just doing it in his like funny Arab dad accent. He's like, "What is it? Is it your breath? Is it your?" did you shit your pants? And he's like, is it the dog? And he's running around like trying to figure out. He's like, the, the stink is following me. And he's, it's amazing. It's the best thing. My mom starts throwing up. Like it's a whole. Your mom threw up? Off camera. But yeah. Wow. Oh, shit. I, when I tell you when I watch this video, I still cry laughing. I've watched it hundreds of times. It doesn't get less funny over time. It's so good. And that's probably my, like when people tell me, hey, I liked da 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 video. It's always that video. It's Anything so that's like episodic like that, where like things happen in stages. It was a catastrophe. It was traumatic <laughs> for everybody involved. How did you get the smell out? We had to air out the house for like the entire <gasps> day. We had to open all the doors and like spray everything. It was terrible. It was so bad. Like, were they? Oh, so what? When you finally told them, or have you told them? <laughs> I told them. Yeah, in the video, I was like, "Oh look." I was like, it's your own candid camera. He's like, candid, chara. Which means like candid shit. And he's just like mad. He's like, well, he's relieved because he thought like in the video, he's like, do you have an infection of some type? Like, no, I don't have an infection. Um, so he's like relieved, but also like, you idiot. Wow. Like not mad. Like not like, you know, get in trouble mad. How some parents are start hitting their kids. Yeah. No. He was like kind of entertained. That's crazy. How about your mom? She was like, Ugh. like she had just thrown up. So she's like, wow. Oh my God. You, like <laughs> Wait, where are you on the lineup of siblings? Are you youngest, middle? I'm middle. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> We're all middle. Are you middle? No, I'm youngest. No middle in my family. Youngest? youngest? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's never the oldest who does stand up. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's true. It's never the old. You're, interesting. I wonder, yeah. I can't think of any mm. oldest ch- children. Wait till we get pushed back on that. Actually, mm. I'm a stand up. <laughs> you guys need to correct what you're saying. <laughs> so ignorant of you. Question If you're not having kids, where will all your money go? The legacy there. To my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I like you that your dad outlives you in this scenario. <laughs> Speaking of, we have another question. Um, the ancient Egyptians were often buried with their treasures or worldly items. If you had to pick one item, what would you take into your sarcophagus? Mm. Is it all the perfumes? No, fuck that. <laughs> if food, can it be food? <laughs> Do we eat when we're Just dead? Help the de- decomposition process. <laughs> I I was categorizing my expenses. It's all food. It's just <laughs> which we learned because I don't cook, so that makes a lot of sense. I would just take like delicious small plates with me. Ooh. On that note, what's your favorite restaurant in LA? Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> I it was Gwen. Okay. Um, just, it's, I love steak. So Gwen is amazing. Uh, Bestie has a wonderful restaurant. Mm. I recently went to 71 Above. That one was cool too. But I think my favorite, 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 I think is Gwen. On Hollywood, right? On Hollywood. Or Sunset? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have another question for you. 
Cleopatra was a known seductress. What is like a meet cute or a pickup line story that you have? Okay, so this is it kind of is the question. It's kind I'm answering the prompt, but it's a different prompt. So <laughs> it's not necessarily a meet cute, but it is um, a cute wild story. So I was at Coachella. This is the first year that I um, went to Coachella. My nickname is now Reemchella because I go almost every year. It's bad. And I go both weekends. Terrible. Um, this is my first year going. Weekend one, I uh, just like went to the festival. And then weekend two, I think I was, I was in my 20s at this point. So I volunteered to, to volunteer at this booth. And if you did that, then you got uh, free camping. You got like all um, food and drink was included. Wow. You got free festival passes. And it was so easy. All you had to do was like stand at this booth. And they encouraged people to like collect water bottles to bring them over and recycle them. And then they would win prizes. So all I had to do was like help people count their water bottles and make, oh my God, you win a t-shirt. And so, and then if you brought in 10 water bottles, you could exchange that for one cold water bottle. So it's a way for them to get free labor and have people pick up trash. Mm -hmm. um, so I was working at the booth and um, this guy comes up and he's like, hey, uh, can I have uh, some water? I'm like really thirsty. And the other people were like, no, you need to collect one. And he had like three. They're like, that's not enough. And I felt bad for him. I was like, you guys suck. And I was like, here you go. So I gave him some water. And um, he's like, thank you. And then, uh, so we started talking. And then uh, we, we were like trying to figure out, I was like, where are you from? He's like, oh, San Diego. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And I was like, you know, I, my best friend from college was from San Diego. And he's like, oh, that's crazy. Like, um, do you know what high school she went to? And then I said the name of the high school. He's like, that's what high school I went to. I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. Do you know Devin DeGraw? And he's like, yeah, I do. Um, he's like, you know, she's so nice. Cause like when I was doing my college uh, tours, trying to figure out where I was going to go to college, she actually let me uh, stay with her. And I was like, that's great. What year was that? And then he told me the year and he's like, yeah, her roommate was out of town. And I was like, that, that was my apartment. He stayed in my bed in my apartment. Isn't that crazy? Wow. That's a funny, so it's not a meet cue, but it was just like, no, I met this is random like a person. Glitch in the matrix story. Yeah. Isn't that the yeah. world is so tiny. It is so tiny. Yeah. Have you ever seen anyone you know, like, in another country, and you're like, what Yeah, it the scares fuck? the shit out of me. Doesn't that, but, like... Has that I, happened to you? Yeah. I was in, um, on a train to Granada in Spain. Wait, that's where I saw the person that what? I knew. It was in Granada. Get Swear out. to God, yeah. What, what, did, what happened with you? I was, uh, I studied abroad in Spain, and then we took, like, a class trip down to Granada, and I was, like, in a hotel lobby, and this girl that I knew from high school was like, oh, my God, Reem? I was like, what the fuck? On the train. Not on the train, but in Granada. Okay. I saw him on the train. So it's oh, like, wow. of all the trains to Granada in all the world. <laughs> that's crazy. It was it was really weird. And I feel like that that's how I feel like there there is something spooky and spiritual happening in the Everything's world. Everything's like connected. Just every, yeah. But it's just too much of a coincidence. I but. ran into a guy from my gym at the airport in Bangkok. Whoa. But the um, ironic thing is, is he won't say hi to me in Los Angeles if I see him in the street. There so he is. certainly did not say hi to me. He didn't? No, nope, didn't even oh look God. at me. Well, technically you didn't say hi to him. Yeah, exactly. So who's the real aggressor? But we're like walking across the street. He's notorious at the gym for being nobody's favorite person. Oh we will God. be walking across the street and I'll be like, hey, and he'll just keep walking. Oh, he's one of those? Yeah. Ooh. Deny. Yep. <laughs> and now it's time for a segment called Dig Deep. So this is where we ask our serious questions. The first one is Cleopatra was famously played by Liz Taylor in the 1963 movie. If your life were a crossover episode of two films or TV shows, what would they be and who would play you? 
it'd probably be a crossover between Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> no one said a cartoon yet, and I love that. Family Guy and The Office, I think. Ooh, okay. Because yeah, I spent a lot of my life working in an office before I left and started doing weird shit like Family Guy. See? See what I did there? I love that. Yeah. What what character resonates with you in either? On either of them? Um, Michael Scott. Michael Scott's my favorite <laughs> fucking character <laughs> in all of life. I love it. So, like, I will choose to rewatch episodes of The Office instead of watch new TV. That's how much I love The Office. Because you intern so much. Well, no, because when I, I didn't start stand-up when I first went to LA. I was working, remember I told you I interned at, like, movie studios? So I worked in movie marketing for a while. So, in fact, part of the reason I became a comedian was, yeah, to follow my dreams, but also, like, I was thinking about this recently. I used to just, like, sit there in, like, this tower in Burbank and just, like, stare out the window. And I was like, I just wish that I could get the fuck out of here and, like, do anything. Like, work at a coffee shop. I don't know. Like, see the world. And so part of it was I was like, I need to try. I want to travel. And with stand-up, you can, like, book shows and travel. And so, uh, but I just feel like just the zaniness of the office, especially, like, hanging out with my dad. My dad is also Michael Scott. So, like, (laughs) (laughs) and then I just have, like, really random shit happen in my life at all, you know twists and turns so that's the family guy asked christy did say that stanley tucci could play her so if steve <laughs> carell is who would play <laughs> you we are open to that kate mckinnon yes. would play me there we go yeah she's amazing um so final question okay cleopatra left a storied legacy as a queen scientist and scholar what do you want your legacy to be or what would you like to be remembered for the most alternatively what would your epitaph read well i am one of very few female Iraqi comedians um, or I guess like personalities in Hollywood. So I feel like I, I kind of want that to be my legacy is like kick down the door for a lot of like other Arab or Muslim female comics. Um, but also like to kind of be, you know, a representative. I don't want to say like a representative of my country because I didn't spend a lot of time there. So, but I, I do think it's cool to like be one that like broke through and you know be that for my people uh that'd be cool and then i want to be remembered for all the money i made so <laughs> like I, wa- I want that and all the followers i had and all the influence and no i do want to i just want to like be impactful i don't know and like help it sounds silly it sounds like such a generic answer to be like oh like you know growing up i never saw people who look like me on screen which is true because like i couldn't even think of someone to play right. in my life yeah. so i helped be part of like that change of just making it not being like, oh, finally, like a funny woman comedian and just like have that kind of go away and just even it out. It's like you're just a comedian and be part of that. Cool. Excellent. I love that. Sweet. What would you like to plug or promote? Oh, well, just follow me on the socials. Everything at Remy Don. R-E-M-E-D-A-N. Instagram, TikTok. She's a great follow. Thank you. This has been Cleopatra. Thank you so much for joining us. I've been Christy Bana. I'm Lynn Molly. And I'm Remy Don. Oh, I got this. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Goodbye. Bye.